Hello and welcome back to Diaries of a Lady Gardener. If you think gardening is cool and would rather take a trip to the garden centre than go out-out, you found the right podcast. But also, you're not in the minority. Research from Draper Tools has revealed that over 80% of young people officially think gardening is cool, mainly because of its benefits for mental health and the environment. Draper Tools are sponsors of the Diaries of a Lady Gardener podcast, so why not join me in following them on Instagram, at draper underscore tools. In this episode, I got the pleasure of chatting to Andy from Urban Herbs all about how the business grew to where it is today from quite a non-traditional beginning. It was fascinating to get an insight into what goes on behind the scenes, and if you've ever thought about a career in the horticultural industry, I really hope you'll find this inspiring and eye-opening. So before I give too much away, let's get into it. Enjoy! Good morning, Andy. How are you? I'm doing really, really good. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Glad to hear you're doing so so well this morning, even though I've heard you've had a very early start. Well, what you're calling a lion, but what most people would call a ridiculous time of the morning. <laughs> yeah, we, we took it easy this morning. It was a 5.30 start. Um, <laughs> but you know what, actually, we haven't got too many uh, dispatch weeks left now in the year. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually going to miss packing orders in a couple of weeks time <laughs> when when it closes so there you go well you get get a nice break at the end of it well to certain certain extent I'm sure that you still have loads of other stuff that goes on as soon as the orders stop dispatching yeah we've actually got um we're giving ourselves a week off wow. in early November um and actually we haven't had a full day off and I'm deadly serious when I say this we haven't had a complete full day off since the 4th of January oh wow (laughs) (laughs) yeah we we genuinely haven't because we did try to build days off into the schedule but this year has just been so crazy that something would come up Mm -hmm. um, which prevented us from having that downtime so we're very much looking forward to that that week off I can imagine well it sounds like very well deserved um so I thought we could just jump right in and get started with sort of the story of how you got to where you are today, I know that it's quite an interesting one. Yeah, so I think some of the people that are listening to this will be familiar with our story, but it's a story that's worth repeating, I think, because we get a lot of questions from people about how do you get into the industry that we work in, that we're lucky enough to work in. And I think our story is a lot different to many, many other people in our industry so i started growing and selling plants in 2010 and it was only going to be a short-term project it was only going to be a project that lasted for 12 months Mm -hmm. i had the most amazing idea in the world um, as a career development option which was i was going to study a master's in the history of religion which i thought was going to be you know that was going to be a big money spinner um it turned out not to be the case but I needed a way of paying my tuition fees mm-hmm. and I'd previously worked part-time in a wholesale plant nursery oh, okay. and I'd done half of a national award in horticulture training course and I came up with an idea which was that I was going to grow and sell x number of plug plants um, sell them at local farmers markets and hopefully that would pay off my tuition fees for the master's 
and it worked and i actually i hit send on my thesis when i was actually at a market <laughs> i seriously i i actually did the um the changes that were required while i was literally at a, a farmer's market and i got to the end of the masters and the job market wasn't particularly brilliant and i literally got to a stage where i was literally like i've got a functioning business here why why stop and this was growing all sorts of things so this was literally um perennials perhaps focusing on more unusual perennials but also a range of herbs and i remember the day quite clearly that we were potting up some of these plugs and i discovered something called pineapple sage okay and i remember smelling the leaf and being like wow this isn't just you know the words that are often applied to plants? Sort of lovely, nice. Um, I can't actually say what my exact words were, but I just thought that pineapple sage is just absolutely mind-blowing. You know, it does what it says on the tin. It, it smells of pineapple and you can put it in a cocktail and it's amazing and beautiful and lovely. And that kind of gave me the idea of thinking, well, actually what if we were to specialize in herbs because we were already doing farmers markets and local markets and around that time there was actually a boom in the street food scene in the midlands so we're working with some really cool alongside really cool innovative kind of former development chefs who are actually looking at sort of this small range of herbs that we've got and saying wow, you could put that in a drink or you could put that with fish. Or... And so Urban Herbs was kind of born in a very small way. And we started doing the farmer's market. Um, food festivals started to develop and we started then to attend food festivals. And I think we were probably among the first really to think, well, actually, herbs are food and they're, they're a seasoning. So why not sell them alongside cocktails and cheese? And, and so we went on the food festival circuit. And to be completely honest, um, things expanded very, very quickly, very quickly. So by the time you get to 2016, 17, we were doing an average of three events every single weekend between mid-March and mid-September. So as a business, kind of that turnover increased, um, but also the kind of the numbers element took over. We became, I think, you know, quite focused on sales and numbers and trying to pay temporary staff. And, and so we rebalanced things and we refocused down and focused up particularly on the more unusual varieties. And we focus particularly on trying to provide as much information about those varieties as possible. So in other words, instead of spreading ourselves really wide, we tried to really focus down more. We reduced the number of events that we did. We just did events that were really, really sort of cool events, events that we wanted to do, that we got a buzz from doing. And in late, I'd say mid-2019, 
uh, we had a chance meeting with um do you know fantastic um lucy from uh, she grows veg yes and that uh, she happened to walk into the stand that we had at a flower show and you know hands of up I, I had Instagram app on my phone. I don't think I ever used it. I had no idea who she was. And we got talking and she kind of encouraged me to bring Urban Herbs onto Instagram. Mm -hmm. And we started to develop um, an online presence because we just realised that actually, wow, this what we're doing, it's incredibly compatible with Instagram because there's so many gardening people the gardening community was booming and there's so many foodies as well so 2019 we started to develop um that online presence which was just as well because in 2020 every single one of our in-person events got cancelled and it's funny i always think when i'm talking about this it's quite important to be real it's quite important to be honest because there might be somebody listening to this whenever they listen to it you know who are running a business and they might be struggling when they listen to this they might be thinking like you know where do we go from here well that was us in early march 2020 because every single one of our in-person events got cancelled and to be completely honest you know a large number of those events um, kind of folded mm -hmm. or took deposits with them. So we went from being in a really, really stable position to being in a really, really unstable position. At that point, we'd only sent out, I think our busiest week, we'd sent out 15 orders in a week. And we just had to just double down and just, just go for it. And people were so amazing and so supportive and the orders just came in and they just didn't stop coming in. So by the time you get to April 2020, we've gone from sending 15 orders a week to around 350 orders a week. Wow. And it's literally just accelerated from there. Um, obviously, I mean, at this I shouldn't say this, but at this time of year, we are so grateful that it's just calmed down a little bit. Mm -hmm. But that, that momentum literally just carried on um, from 2020. Um, so I think Urban Herbs has completely transformed in that time. You know, it's still Urban Herbs, but it, it, it's completely transformed in, in that time. We were saying just before um, we started, the, started our chat that actually one of the things that you know, I'm really passionate about is about sharing this story because I don't have any um, formal qualifications in horticulture. I don't have a huge area of land that somehow I've got access to, to use. Um, and I certainly couldn't afford to, to buy or rent a large area of land. But I've managed to create urban herbs from nothing and build it purely because I think what we grow is really, really cool. And for whatever reason, I, you know, one of the things that we're very conscious of is that there isn't a huge amount of people um, 
my age or younger going into the growing industry which is a huge shame actually because there are enormous opportunities out there at the moment and it's a job that i genuinely love um you know it it, it gives far more than it takes I mean, it takes quite a bit but <laughs> <laughs> it, it genuinely gives far more than it takes and we're just so passionate about trying to change the culture within our industry and actually create a, a welcoming environment in which those those joys are shared mm-hmm. um and you know i think it's very very important to be real with people about the challenges but also actually put forward a positive view that actually this is a career that the financial rewards can be really really substantial i'm really glad i'm really glad you said that because when i went to um hampton court palace not hampton court palace chelsea flower show i spoke to quite a lot of people who um we were sort of chatting about various things and i would love to have a career in horticulture in some way and i'm kind of at the point where i'm trying to figure out exactly where that is but every single person you speak to says yeah but you have to give up like ever wanting anything nice in your life like you might enjoy your job but it means you have no money you get nothing out of it and I was really shocked that these people who are working in horticulture had such a negative view on it in that in that way yeah and what you say is completely true because we recently one of the things that we are trying to explore is how we can try to change that mm-hmm we're working with various sort of charity partners in terms of how we can try and get that message out there. But we put a shout out on Instagram and we asked people, one, had they ever considered a career in horticulture? And two, if they have, what do they see as the, um, the barriers mm-hmm. from entering that profession? And the responses were actually, were really interesting um, because the vast majority you know, we're saying, well, I can't afford the pay cut, basically. Um, I think if you start any business, any business in the world, you know, you have to be real and you have to say, well, actually, it's very unlikely that you're going to be able to pay yourself a salary in the first two to three years. But I think that's probably true if you do a degree. Um, you're very, very unlikely that you're going to earn substantial amounts of money while you're studying for the degree. I think horticulture is a little bit, it's it's an interesting analogy, actually, that, because I think horticulture is quite different in that you only ever get one chance at doing spring each year. Yeah. Right? Um, You only get, get one shot at doing the 3rd of March each year. And just to make things a little bit more interesting, no third of March is ever the same as another. So, you know, every spring is different. There's probably a lot of people listening to this, actually, that have had a a challenging 2021 in terms of growing conditions. We certainly have. 2020 was brilliant. You know, the, the sun came out at the right time and the temperatures rose at the right time. And but, yeah, this... 2021 has been a challenging 
growing environment. The complete actually, opposite of 2020. I actually absolutely. really struggled in 2020 because of the, on my allotment, I only have um, water butts. They're my only supply of water. And 1,500 litres in that heat barely lasted a month. And so 2020 was worse. But then 2021 has had just as many different issues. So you kind of learn each year from different different experiences with the weather. 100%. And actually, I think that's one of the things that we would love to push for and try and develop, actually, going forward, is that that kind of the advice that you need if you're going to work in this industry, it doesn't matter how how many years you've done it or how many how many thousand plants you've sold or whatever it's really really important to have like that that touching point um in terms of the device as the season fluctuates as you say as the the watering requirements are just so different and the sort of um the need to protect your plants from frost for example you know it's so challenging at times and you know, I'm really lucky in the in the last few years. I've become friends with a uh, slightly older grower, um, but <laughs> I mean that's in itself that's quite interesting. That I say he's slightly older. He's probably the next youngest grower that I know. Oh wow! And he's fifty five. I'm thirty five or thirty four. Uh, so you know, there is a, there is clearly a generational gap. But what? But it's actually a really positive thing because um, this friend of mine has been able to give me that little bit of advice, that little bit of just, I guess, what we would call, you know, like just soft advice. So um, there's no um, magic growing hack that you can just magically make everything grow. But actually, if you just do these gentle course corrections and it's nice having somebody on the end of the phone just to say, it's all right. Don't worry. Don't panic. It's fine. Just, you know, it's early March. <laughs> just just wait, just wait. And it's the soft things, you know, the kind of... Um, so we would love to be able to put something in place that actually allows other people to have that um, that ladder and that little bit of advice that they can build on. Almost like a bit of a mentor. Absolutely. And I think that's what we would like to encourage, something we'd like to develop especially actually where we are based mm-hmm. um, because urban herbs is not your run-of-the-mill kind of plant nursery um, we live in uh, an area which I think if you look on a um, if you look on various websites you might you might find it described as an area of significant social deprivation oh really um, yeah, we we would we would disagree with that because actually, you know, it's a it's a lovely area and it's one that we love living and we're surrounded by lovely people and but nevertheless we are not your typical kind of like rural uh, idyllic plant nursery. Um, we literally do our growing two minutes drive from junction two of the M5, <laughs> kind of surrounded by you know um, industrial areas and. It's actually quite interesting that we're doing our growing actually in the area where the Industrial Revolution, the United Kingdom kind of began. And we like to think that actually we're doing our own little green revolution here. 
in the, you know encouraging and spreading the message that actually growing things is fantastic for your mental health it's fantastic for your local environment and it might just do it do its bit you know for the wider bigger environment as well and we think that's really cool to be honest yeah absolutely and i think that the last couple of years as well it's like it feels like for your journey everything's fallen into place at just the right time because 2020 was such a big year for people sort of discovering the joys of gardening and kind of starting to spread that message I remember when I joined Instagram um in 2000 it must have been 2019 2018 2019 um but I didn't know that there was I didn't think there would be anyone else who was growing I don't know why I was so narrow-minded I thought it like no one else is going to be a gardener on Instagram but I just wanted it so that I could share my photos so that I could not have to flick through my camera reel all the time to like see the progress shots and so I literally started it as a diary and um within a few months I couldn't believe how many people were kind of like on the same path of creating their allotments and some people were three or four years in some people were just getting started and then over the past sort of three years, the amount of people I've met and then you get new people that come in and they're really excited. And it's just so amazing to see this sort of passion spreading, because when I started, all my friends and family were a bit like, oh, how old are you? When are you retiring? And I think no one really knew that it was something that anyone who wasn't retired got into, whereas now everyone's like will come into work and they're like oh I've started a little hair patch in my garden oh I've put some green sunflower in the front patch of my garden like people are starting to kind of twig on and once they've had that little magic moment it really does start to snowball I think that is so interesting I've just literally made a note of what you just said because that that that's really really cool um one of the things that we are really really passionate about and conscious of it's something that um michelle obama i've heard her say this phrase of um, making people believe that they belong at the table i love michelle obama yeah i mean it's quite interesting because actually half of the orders that we sent out this year were packed while listening to her biography and then the other half like barack obama's biography both 10 out of 10 would recommend everyone listens to them Big time. And it, it's very, very um, far reaching and inspirational stuff. But she is very, very, um, the phrase I think that she uses, you know, is giving people the sense of permission, but also making people believe that they belong at the table. And I think what's interesting about what you just said is that actually, when you first kind of joined Instagram and you started your gardening journey, there probably wasn't as much of a sense of permission there wasn't so much um sense of the idea that you maybe you could belong at the table absolutely and i i see that actually in private kind of gardening but actually i see that in sort of the wider horticultural business as well um do you remember a few years ago there was an article uh, which got a bit of a backlash you know it was sort of um it was quite a sort of like traditional horticulture kind of journalism piece which was kind of almost saying uh, you know i think something about the painted sheds brigade and being a bit critical of people that you know 
criticizing you know people women in their sort of 20s and 30s that kind of you know put little selfies of an allotment and it's not real and it's like well actually yeah it is <laughs> like and it's that i think it's super cool actually that accounts like yours are actually creating are actually creating that sense of i think accounts like yours are actually creating that sense of permission and actually inspiring other people and saying you know as you as you say like you know you, you're not retiring and yet you enjoy gardening because yeah and i think that's really really cool yeah and it's such an amazing space and i think as well um what you say on the sort of permission i don't think i've ever really felt like i really belonged in any kind of like space or had found you know when people say like find your tribe until now and then doing the podcast I meet so many people that you can just you can tell that they're super passionate about it and they just want to kind of like spread the joy that they've found with it and I think it it is like the most amazing community and it's um an exciting time for kind of introducing new people in and it it actually getting a bit of permission but like you say with the um people say about like the painted shed brigade a lot of people I've had a couple people say recently actually like oh it's just a a place for all your selfies but because it's gardening it's like wholesome selfies but it's not it's just sort of I think showing people like this can be a hobby it's a real thing like you don't need any qualifications you don't need anything else to get started but I genuinely am absolutely buzzing in every single picture that I upload from growing things even when things fail like you learn something from it and it's kind of funny so yeah I think it's um it's an amazing time to be sort of in the community yeah and what I think is actually just incredible and powerful about it is that I think that that you know this idea of the kind of you know the, if we're going to stick to use that just for a minute you know the painted shed painted sheds brigade quote I think there's actually a lot more truth behind that than first meets the eye because I think you, you you would agree, maybe, hopefully you'd agree with me that actually the Instagram gardening community is an incredibly diverse place. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we see that with our customers that actually, um, if you ever, you know, do like a business development kind of course, and one of the questions that they'll ask is to, you know, for you to describe your typical customer. <laughs> we, we literally we literally can't and actually just on the screen behind you we've got like a live thing where um the orders are coming in and we can you know i can see literally just an order number and i can see the surname of the person and i can tell you from literally just glancing at the surnames of the people who've ordered in the last sort of 90 minutes the, the diversity that makes the uk fantastic is actually mirrored in the sort of the community that we've built up around urban herbs and what's super cool about that is that actually i learn as much from my customers as you know as if they learn from me because actually very often living somewhere like birmingham especially if we make like a doorstep delivery then we'll learn a lot about the person that we're delivering to about their culture about their experience with growing um 
one of our customers he's actually a guy that you know he started his life in um the, the sort of the kurdish area of iraq and he's been in the uk now for maybe 10 years and he's developed you know a garden behind a tiny terraced house here in birmingham they're actually kind of it's show garden quality oh wow yeah and what's beautiful about it is he's actually tried to recreate his garden that he had when he was back home in iraq uh be it in mosley in birmingham um (laughs) and i think that's really cool and that's really to be honest magical and i think that's almost like part two of our kind of mission which is kind of like almost hopefully doing anything that we can to encourage that diversity that we see within our customers and within the instagram gardening community being mirrored in sort of organized horticulture and also in represented in horticultural businesses Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah i love that i've just written in big letters you know about creating that sense of permission so i'm going to think on that today (laughs) (laughs) i know i love that um and i think as well with introducing people into the gardening world sometimes it is people will see veg is really difficult or they see houseplants is really difficult um I think that microgreens and herbs are two of the really really good entry points of you don't even need an outdoor space because you can grow them on your windowsill like if you can just keep those few little herbs and microgreens alive you can do anything because anyone can grow anything people say all the time like oh like you're so lucky that you've got green fingers when actually I kill hundreds of plants a year it's just that there's enough of them that you don't notice the ones that die quite so much but um yeah so I think herbs is a really really great great starting point for people and then once you get kind of like you have that passion of like the like you said with the pineapple stage you can really get into it and be like oh but it's not just typical herbs that you see in the supermarket and by growing your own you can open so many more possibilities and flavor combinations and you get really excited about it because you're kind of like nurturing it caring for it and then you're taking it to your plate putting it in a cocktail making it into a dried herbs or whatever well sometimes i think uh, i always regret using this phrase but it, i think herbs are, are a gateway plan um in that once you start growing something because it's cool to put it in a cocktail actually it, it sucks you in it's quite insidious in that you then start to get interested in so what what genus is that mint because that's yeah. why I said it's like oh how did that happen you know um can I tell you my favorite story from this year and it's 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 people um getting involved in growing and actually I I literally I promised this guy that I wasn't gonna give him a shout out but actually I don't, <laughs> I don't care and, and, and he'd find it funny as well so shout out to Ben in London this story is all about you my friend because uh, um, back in May we received an order and the order came through at about 20 past three in the morning and uh, it was for quite a large number of plants actually Um, you know it was pretty much three of everything on our online store and uh, we dispatched the order we thought nothing of it and then a couple of days later we got an email from from Ben um, who said, you know, dear Urban Herbs, thank you so much uh, for my recent order. Um, I actually placed it while I was very drunk in the back of a taxi on the way back <laughs> from a night out. Uh, so I was very, very surprised when it turned up. He's put, you know, nevertheless, he said, like, I've never grown anything in my life. I, 
you know, completely misunderstood what I was ordering. Um, but he said, I'm going to give this a go. I'm going to make a go of it. And I've got to say, actually, credit credit to Ben, because when I got that email, I wasn't that confident that this was going to be a, a happy relationship with growing things. Actually, roll on a couple of months. Ben has kind of turned his flat genuinely, his tiny flat, studio flat in London. He's turned it into like one of the most amazing indoor growth spaces that I've I've seen. No way. Yeah, yeah. And he's invested in like um, have you seen the trend for the IKEA grow light cabinets? Yes, I'm obsessed with it. Yeah, and I mean it's funny because I don't know whether you've noticed, but you actually now struggle to get those cabinets. Yeah, very in high demand. Yeah, and he's done that. He's gone for it. And he's making mint teas with lime mint, uh, blackcurrant sage, pineapple sage. That's so cool. But what's kind of interesting about it, and I was talking to him about this on Instagram the other day, is that, you know, he had, it wasn't just that he had like no experience with gardening, but he, he had no interest. Like quite literally, he had nothing. Um, and yet, that sort of, you know, the fact that he's found these plants interesting and cool has kind of like sucked him in. And now he's talking about doing some planters outside. And it, and we always say it's the show that never ends, you know. Mm-hmm. All you need is that one little seed, some something to sort of make you excited. My sister, she um she brings her little babies down the allotment all the time and we love growing stuff. And when she moved into her last house, I bought them like planters to go outside and hanging baskets and nothing for her stays alive for very long with them because not very good at caring for it. But she's moved again and now she's got a balcony. And so on her balcony, oh, wow. she's got some chrysanthemums and we've just planted up some bulb lasagnas for the spring and like put some plug plants in. And then yesterday at the allotment, I sent her home with my cold frame and my sweet peas because the mice keep eating everything in my greenhouse so I was like it can't stay in my greenhouse because the mice are going to eat it and I was like but if you take my cold frame you can grow the sweet peas on your balcony and um so fingers crossed she remembers to care for them but she gets really excited about it and every time I give her like a little care job of like this is going to have to come to your house because there's nowhere else for it to go and she does she really cares for it and like helps that little plant to thrive and then it goes back and now her houseplant collection starting to grow because she's only got a little balcony and she does really love it. And I think one day she'll probably take over the allotment or get her own little allotment because she does love it. It's just kind of like little baby steps for her, I think. That's so cool. It, it, it's little stories like that that actually make me realise that what what we're doing and what you're doing with this podcast with your Instagram account. It's actually, it's so much more than like, you know, the whole the wholesome selfie thing. A hundred percent. Like there, it's actually really quite powerful in that. I actually think that it's quite difficult sometimes to gauge just how big an impact, a positive impact you're having. Um, We actually got a uh, a message earlier this year from a couple, and we we, we recognise the name because when you're packing orders, sometimes you names stick out, especially if you know regular customers every week. It's, and she explained to me that basically um, her husband like had a long term illness, which meant that during the particularly during the bad COVID period, like 
and even beyond, like he was sort of shielding. And like a lot of people, they got into the habit of just, you know, doing the same thing every day, having the same thing for breakfast, the same thing for lunch. We did that and it just it started to loop. But she said that the highlight of their week was the rhythm that they got from ordering with Urban Herbs in that they knew that we updated our online store on a Wednesday evening. They then placed an order either Wednesday evening or Thursday morning. And over the next few days, they looked at the posts, kind of getting excited about what they were going to receive. On Monday, they get a dispatch email and they get they track it with DPD and they can see <laughs> it on the map coming closer. And then Tuesday is Urban Herbs Unpacking Day. Wednesday is planting urban herbs and then you repeat the cycle mm-hmm. you know and the, the, you know, I mean, they weren't ordering like hundreds and hundreds of plants it was literally just like a selection you know to plant up say one planter each week and it was just such a lovely message it made me realize that actually what we're doing it's kind of not a joke you know it's like actually having a really important measurable impact Definitely. And that's just one one customer. Like there's so many stories that you'll never hear about. And one of the funny things actually about doing e-commerce, which which it took me quite a while to get, was that normally, you know, you only hear about the uh, the orders where there's an issue of some kind. Yeah. Um, I remember sending out, you know, one week you sent out, I don't know, 400, 500 orders. And I remember turning around to my wife as we're packing orders and saying, what's going on? We haven't heard anything. And it turns out that's just because DPD are pretty good and just everything gets there and it's lovely and everybody. And it it never kind of sunk in. It never got, I never clicked actually. Majority of the time, you will only hear about something when there isn't. Mm -hmm. There is a problem. You, You don't necessarily see what an important impact you're having on people. Um, and actually, I suppose in a way, we what I've just said isn't true, because um, actually, I think well, I think in e-commerce generally you only hear when there's a problem. But in our industry, we're incredibly lucky because we have people that are like good enough to actually take the time when an order arrives and actually like post a story on Instagram or just send us a message privately saying you know really like the herbs or. I always think, you know, people probably don't get just how important that is. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, like I think people genuinely don't appreciate just how much we appreciate when that happens. Definitely. Because honestly, we, we're talking about, you know, working in horticulture. It is genuinely brutal. Like if you're doing it properly you know you shouldn't really be doing anything else during april and may (laughs) you know um and that's that's the trade-off you know that's 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 how it is and actually when you're getting up at 5 30 or earlier every single day working through till you know maybe nine ten at night actually when you get a lovely message when it pops up on my phone from a customer you know saying um i've just got pineapple sage for the first time i am so excited that that makes our day and it kind of makes me go right okay set the alarm for four tomorrow morning let's do it <laughs> you know <laughs> that's what makes it worthwhile isn't it 
And again, I think I you posted about it the other day, like seeing the journey of people's herbs. I was actually talking to someone on last week's podcast about um, a house plant, a Chinese money plant that they'd basically shared cuttings and these cuttings had travelled all over the world. Um, but it's one of those things where you never actually hear the story of what happened a few months down the line, even if people post about it to begin with. Like, it would be amazing to see where they kind of end up because herbs are such a, like with my herb spiral, I can't wait for spring when they kind of like filled out their space and they've kind of like nestled into exactly where they want to be. Um, so yeah, it's amazing to see kind of like how far these things travel. And then if people take cuttings and give them to friends and family and kind of like spread the joy that way. That that herb spiral, we've had so many uh, positive comments about, we shared uh, the picture that you posted of the herb spiral onto our mm -hmm. stories. Oh. And we've got so many messages from people sort of saying, you know, well, I've got some bricks sort of lying around and I can try and do that. And that's really cool. Um, there's, there's honestly no, I think that's probably the best thing about Instagram, isn't it? Definitely. And so I was inspired to do that by um, Tanya from Lovely Greens, who was the first episode of this podcast and Danny from Plot 81, who'd built a herb spiral. And it's one of those things where you kind of see someone else do it, and then you kind of work out how you can do it for yourself. And then for ages, I couldn't get hold of any bricks. And I was like, I'm not buying brand new bricks to make this, because it's just not going to... One, it's going to cost me about 50 quid, because bricks these days are hell of an expensive. And then just as I was sort of giving up on finding bricks, a little post popped up on Facebook, and some people had knocked down their kitchen extension. And these bricks are huge... They're like bigger than brick, any other like traditional bricks I've seen before. And I went and picked up a load and because they were so much bigger, I thought I'd need a hundred and I put 50 in my car and I was like, oh, I'm not sure my car's going up the link road if I put any more in. <laughs> um, but it just worked out perfectly and that there was the perfect amount of bricks and the spiral just came together. And it's one of those things where I think sometimes I have an idea and I, I can visualize it, but I can't ever see it actually working. Like I can see the vision in my head and then I'm like, but I have no idea how I'm going to get there, which is what happened with the TP in my first year. And my mom was helping me. And she was like, I just don't understand how this is, where this is going, how this is going to work. And then the final product, it's almost like, because no one expected it to work out, including me. When it does look great, you're like, yes, smashed it. <laughs> um, and then with the herbs in, it just, yeah, it looks amazing, smells amazing. And I think because I've made it more of a feature, I'd actually make much more use of the herbs, whereas before they were kind of tucked away in a corner behind a fig tree. And I never remembered to take them home because I didn't see it. Whereas now it's like a central point. I will remember every time I go. That's really important, actually, isn't it? Perhaps that's something we should share a bit more. Actually, you know, put your herbs somewhere where you will be forced to interact with them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're such kind of... They're such tough plants that actually they kind of you can just ignore them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And because you can, sometimes I think it's quite tempting to do so. Really, um, it's funny because we we've got this. Uh, me and Kate have got this saying that we sort of bounce backwards and forwards a lot, and it's the idea of doing you know doing future you a favor. Yes, I say this all the time. <laughs> you know, and it's like. I think that particularly now, like, you know, you planting that herb spiral now, I think that actually you're doing future you a favour because actually once it gets colder, because it's not cold yet, you know, it's absolutely fine to be honest. I mean, 
once we finish this chat, you know, I'm, I'll spend the rest of the day outside and it, it, it'll be really pleasant, actually, you know, really pleasant working conditions. But that's going to change. And in like maybe three weeks time, you're going to be so grateful for that those you know, that little herb spiral to hopefully give you a bit of a like a well-being boost um it, it, there's, there's a little tiny area within our kitchen garden area um, where we, we've planted up with some like of winter herbs just purely for you know for our own needs but i will literally enjoy that so much like mm. when i've got a little bit of time a little bit of peace you know and actually when i'm not around the aroma of all the herbs and we always say you know the aroma of spring um when i'm not around that aroma all the time it's going to mean so much in december in january when the temperature drops and there isn't a huge amount else going on mm-hmm, definitely um, can i ask yeah. what your favorite herbs are to grow could you pick a favorite no <laughs> no no do you know what um every single time that i answer this question I give a different answer. <laughs> um, do you know what? The, the best herbs are the ones that make you feel happy and make you feel good. During the uh, first lockdown, when we were developing the online business and being honest with you, you know, we didn't have a clue what we were doing. So manually processing 600 shipping labels and you know and we were working late we were working long hours and dinner time just became an opportunity to fuel up that was all it was you know and uh i started putting hot and spicy oregano with my fuel up pasta and that kind of transformed those meal times from being purely a sort of fuel up exercise into actually being something something special and something a little bit different can i do my top can i do a real quick top five yeah go for it so top five i'd say hot and spicy oregano just because i owe it big time for those few months when it made mealtime special is it very spicy so it differs throughout the year okay so um because the herbs that we grow are what you call hard grown, so you know, they haven't been, certainly for the majority of their lives, you know, they haven't had an artificial heat and light on them. So they grow more slowly. Mm-hmm. So when the leaf is older, the flavour is stronger. So if you try a hot and spicy oregano leaf like in January or February, March, so when it actually the leaf's been there for ages, it's kind of intensified. Mm-hmm. Um, the flavour is very, very strong. Um it's not hot like a ghost chili or a scotch bonnet or something, but it, it's like a sort of a mild jalapeno kick, oh, okay. which I really, really like. Um, so hot spicy oregano. I'm going to write this down because I will end up naming like 10 herbs. <laughs> um, lime mint. Absolutely love lime mint. I always say it's the single strongest flavour that we grow. And again, is it um, is it limey? Because I've had a couple of herbs, I can't think where, years ago, where it was called something, but it didn't smell like it at all. The name seemed <laughs> a bit random. But lime mint sounds like mojito heaven. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a mint that 
could have been designed for a mojito. Amazing. Um, oh, this is where it gets hard. I'm going to go with strawberry mint because it really does smell like strawberries. And we actually put the lime mint and the strawberry mint together in the PIMS at our wedding a few years ago. Nice. That's why we think the PIMS disappeared so quickly because it, it, was, it was that combination that did it. Um, blackcurrant sage. Mm -hmm. because the uh sticking with that theme we actually had the flowers the blackcurrant sage flowers um in wedding flowers the aroma is so strong and it's one of those herbs that defies expectations you know we i think we all live like increasingly lives that are separated from the growing season from, from the from the changing season around us and it's so cool when you get that kind of that that hit of aroma and it just blows away your, your, your sort of your skepticism really mm -hmm. uh do you, do you know what i mean it, yeah absolutely i had it with the uh, um the lemon curd time that you guys sent me it you know when you look at the label and you think no way yeah. and that is i would say that's my favorite herb from that selection it smells incredible and i really want to use it in baking i think that that would make some amazing like shortbread biscuits see i'm trying to find number five and <laughs> weirdly it was kind of down to lemon curd thyme oh really or the barbecue rosemary um, the barbecue rosemary's got like a smoky kind of kick to it. So it's like rosemary, mm. but with a smoky flavour. Do you know what? I'm going to go with lemon curd thyme for exactly the reason that you just said, because when we used to do food festivals, um, we would see like your reaction again and again and again from everybody that stops. You know, you'd see people walking down the aisle with their eyes fixed on the gin samples mm -hmm. and they would see you know, a sign that says lemon curd time. And you'd see them talking to their friend or sister or whatever and say, what, lemon curd? No. And they'd rub the leaf and go, what? <laughs> and that's cool. Like, and that's, you know, that's the other reason why we're so grateful when people give that feedback, when they do like unboxing videos, because mm -hmm. we then get to experience that reaction. And we get to like live vicariously through the customer's reaction. Definitely. I mean, we could post some herbs to ourselves, like to get that unboxing <laughs> experience. I'm quite tempted to do that actually, but um, it, it's much more fun when it's somebody that hasn't encountered them before. Definitely. And again, because you guys sell such unusual varieties, it's not the sort of what annoys me is when I go to the garden centre, they literally have the typical, you might as well buy them from a supermarket because they're. Not, I don't even think they have any kind of description. It's literally like mint, rosemary. There's no additional features or anything. It's just kind of like bog standard. Yeah, and it's, it's a difficult one, to be honest, because we kind of couldn't do what we do um, if we did it in bigger numbers, if that makes any sense. So, mm -hmm. you know, because like, for example, this year, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to guess numbers, but I, I, I think this year we've probably stocked maybe mid nineties in terms of number of varieties. Mm -hmm. 
um, I think we've stocked kind of 30 different varieties of thyme. And each one of them is really quite different to the other and different qualities. And, and what's really cool, actually, is that if we kind of grew in bigger numbers, we couldn't offer that same level of diversity. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it, in a way, we're grateful that kind of we have that specialism. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the only thing is, is that genuinely like, you know, our customers, people that follow us, you know, I see people going down the herb rabbit hole of almost like being a collector of going, you know, uh, you've, got, you've got to catch them all, you know, it's like, um, mm -hmm. and I think possibly, you know, sometimes people will comment and they'll say, you know, the way that I talk about the herbs and stuff, you know, it, that's really good marketing. I kind of wish it was because it, it it's genuinely real in that, um, once you start collecting these amazing plants and trying to kind of uh, grow one of each and you just, you never stop. And this year we pushed the boat out a little bit more, went for slightly more unusual varieties. Sometimes that works commercially and sometimes it doesn't. Um, mm -hmm. We grew a plant called the olive herb. Have you... No, I've not heard of that one. that one. Oh, sorry, I think I just lost you for a second there. That's all right. Um, no, I haven't heard of that one. So um, the olive herb um, was one that we'd never grown before. Uh, perfect for pasta and pizza, really strong olive flavour. And I mean, this probably sounds like quite a lot to maybe to people listening to this, but I think we grew maybe like a thousand of them. And that was a massive mistake because it kind of it just it's all within like a week oh wow because it just captured people's imaginations mm -hmm. um other times you know it, it's sometimes it's hard gauging what will capture people's imaginations and what won't mm -hmm. um we grew a lovely variety this year called the mexican giant hyssop Ooh. which it kind of tasted like well like, like lemonade really uh if that makes uh if that makes um, um, any kind of uh, any kind of scent, and it also it gets a beautiful red flower. Oh wow! Um, which you know it really is quite quite stunning. But then that one didn't capture the, the the popular imagination. I think those people that did buy it were absolutely delighted and blown away by it. So I guess what I'm saying is, is you know, this, this idea of like collecting varieties, it, it's something, it's a bug that I've got. I mean, all right, fair enough. Like it, it is a, um, it is a, you know, it's quite a significant kind of a part of my life now, it's fair to say. <laughs> and what's cool is I see it being mirrored in other people as they collect the herbs. And that's really, really cool. I love that. Definitely. And actually, I loved what you said earlier about having some herbs in your bouquets, because I'm going big on cut flowers next year. But in sort of, I think it was like August, September, my overgrown, overrun herb patch from, it's probably a few years old now that I've kind of disregarded for the new herb spiral. But um, because it was so overgrown and huge, like the mint 
stalks were like nearly a meter tall and they were perfect for bouquets and like the thyme and the rosemary and lots of different things that when I gave people those bouquets they had that real like hit of scent and then they're like oh wow that smells amazing because most of the bouquets don't really smell like much because they don't have like highly scented roses or um, I don't put sweet peas in even though I grow my sweet pea tea because they make me sneeze um <laughs> so the herbs just were like a real like big impact to look, kind of like add into that um so I'm really excited to do more of that next year because it's kind of like adding another yes. sense into the bouquet looks beautiful but even with just a little bit of herb it makes such a big impact in the scent as well nice yeah and I think that's something that a lot of people are talking to us about about using the the herbs as foliage for um bouquets oh that's interesting um do you know the, the other sort of weird not, I'd say it's not a weird trend but sort of um I guess notable trend of the last two years is the number of people that are actually using herbs as centerpieces for weddings as well oh really yeah because it kind of it it ticks a lot of boxes really both in terms of you know the sustainability factor mm -hmm. but also it kind of it doubles up as like a wedding flavor mm -hmm. um which is really cool actually really yeah cool. i love that my sister wants to do succulents for her wedding favors but i'm a bit confused on how we're going to get quite the quantities of them but um herbs could be another great option because they'd look really cool on the table as well well in the next few days we're going to be sharing a couple of pictures that customers um who have done this mm -hmm. so uh yeah tell your sister to give us a shout we can uh we can we can show her things that people have done previously amazing she's gonna love that I'm growing most of her wedding flowers for like her bouquets and stuff. So I've um, so cool. got my fingers crossed that we'll have like a pretty wholesome homegrown wedding. But again, for her bouquets, like having like some time or something through that, because you don't even need loads of it to make that real scent impact. And they look beautiful as well, especially when they're in flower. Black currant sage would be perfect for that as well. Oh, yes. Let me write that down. <laughs> <laughs> actually it's one of, that that honestly that that smell genuinely does take me back to that day um it mainly makes me feel nervous and worried about making a speech but, uh... <laughs> no it's nice that it holds that memory and i like as well that then you could take the herbs home and you could plant them back into your garden and have that kind of like memento from the day like i've exactly. said the same with the like the dahlia tubers I was like, we can grow them for years to come and you'll always have those, like, although it won't be the exact flower, it will be the same plant that created those flowers that made your amazing day. Yeah, it's very cool. Very exciting. Um, so I think that probably just, up, just about wraps up the episode, but it's been absolutely amazing to chat. But before you go, um, can you just let everyone know where they can find you on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube? Yeah, so um, I think uh, if you search for us on uh, Instagram, um, at urban underscore herbs underscore catchy, right? Um, <laughs> um, and actually, something that might be worth mentioning is that we are going to be doing a new feature uh, through our website, uh, which is that actually, if you sign up to our mailing list on our website, uh, we're going to be doing a random monthly prize draw. Oh, how so exciting. We're gonna, yeah, we're going to randomly select uh, one person each month from our prize, from our uh, newsletter 
subscribers. And they get a voucher that they can use towards purchase of herbs next spring. Fabulous. So um, if you're listening to this and you fancy some free herbs uh, next spring, sign up for our newsletter because actually, you know, it, we just thought it'd be something nice to do in the run up to spring, you know, because it's all right now, as I say, you know, we're all getting outside still a little bit. But I think in a few weeks' time, we'll all be looking forward to spring already, you know? Definitely. And um, so your web shop closes very soon, doesn't it? I'm yeah. I think so, it will have closed before the episode. No, it should still be open when the episode goes out. Is it the 27th of October? 27th. Yeah, 27th of October. But I've got to say, actually, that that's the final dispatch day mm-hmm. for our hubs. But we've actually got some really, really lovely content lined up that's going to be going out through our social channels over the um over the next sort of 12 weeks um we have got some really really exciting developments for people um we're going to be so we set ourselves a challenge which is like upping the amount of information that we're sharing about growing about each variety mm-hmm. so there is going to be a lot more like information based content growing tips based content amazing and of course we're going to be like counting down our favorite herbs of 2021 <laughs> and before we know it we'll be sharing the joy of spring and actually autumn i think is my favorite time of year but nothing beats the excitement and the joy of counting down to spring does it no. um, i'm not sure if i will be saying that when i'm out doing potting in minus one degrees and all this. <laughs> but um, what, what's what's really exciting, actually, is that, you know, we've kind of expanded the range that we grow ourselves. And my mom is now working with us. Ah. And she's agreed to come back uh, for next season. Fantastic. Which I amazed by. Um, but, yeah, so, so by the time you get into early February, we'll be out there and, listening to really dodgy music and filling up lots and lots of pots ready for spring amazing we can't wait to share that with people to be fair i actually just got goosebumps at the mention of spring i'm already buzzing for it <laughs> i know i know i'm exactly the same to be fair it'll be amazing well can't wait to see what you've got lined up for the next 12 weeks and um thank you so much for coming on no, thank you so much for having me absolutely love chatting with Andy and came away with so many notes on different herbs and different ideas but most importantly a real sense of pride for the gardening community on Instagram. It's just an amazing place and if you're new welcome to the squad. Don't forget to check out Urban Herbs on Instagram at urban underscore herbs underscore where you can learn so much more about the magical varieties of herbs that you don't typically see. I can't wait to see what spring 2022 brings. If you've enjoyed listening today, please do subscribe to keep up to date with upcoming episodes and leave a review. In the meantime, I would love to hear any of your questions and stories on Instagram at diaryofaladygardener or via email diaryofaladygardener at gmail.com. That's all from me this week. Happy growing!